I am so obsessed with this process, with this woman. She's a best friend of mine. She's a single mom of five kids. She's also a life coach. Her name is Corey Woods. I can't wait for you to meet her. We are going to go over the five steps of rebirthing, dying and rebirthing, which every human does all the time. We're always dying and rebirthing. We're always somewhere in these steps. So the more you know these steps and can orient yourself, the less lost and floundering and suffering you will be on your life's journey. So we have step one, initiation. Step two, ego death. Step three, surrender. Step four, get reorganized, like your self gets reorganized. And step five is the actual rebirth of your new self. I can't wait to have you guys understand and know this process. You can see yourself in it and find your way a little easier. Here we go. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hi, hi, beautiful mamas. I am here today with one of my best friends, Corey Woods. Corey actually lives about 20 minutes from me here, and her kids and my kids play together a lot. So it's so, so, so fun to have her on the podcast. Um, How this whole idea of a topic came up, which, by the way, it's so good. I can't believe—I mean— This is just so good. You guys are going to love this with two veteran moms. She has five kids for the record. (laughs) So her oldest is almost 14. She has one boy at the top and then all the rest are girls. And your youngest is six and wipes her own butt now, (laughs) as as we were just saying. (laughs) Oh, the joys. And so anyway, Corey and I, we were just chatting last time I was at her house. I'm sure the kids were swimming or something. And we were talking about something that... I don't know, comes up a lot for both of us in our lives, which is ego deaths and your ego dying another degree and your spirit being born, reborn, you know, you feeling like you're being reborn, even though you're in the same life. And that can come through life circumstance changes and all sorts of things. But specifically, we want to talk about how it's happened in Corey's life and in my life and regarding also specifically postpartum. So Corey, why don't you go ahead and say hello to everybody and tell us a little bit about you, introduce yourself. We can chit chat for a second and let people know how we know each other and then we will dive in. I'm so excited to talk about this. (laughs) Okay. So hi, I am mama five, just like Lizzie said. I'm also a life coach. So we've been growing our businesses together for years. We've been kind of side by side navigating motherhood, you know, we started, I love our introduction. I can't wait to, for you to share that with people because <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun beginning, but, mm-hmm. um, I love what I do. I, I mean, I don't even know where to begin and how to introduce myself. So yeah, I'll just Corey, I'm in a really good place and I'm very happy right now. How yeah. About that? So she's your life coach. Let's see. So Corey and I, um, actually I was referred to Corey and she hired me as her first business coach when she was really just starting out. At the time, her husband was not working and there wasn't an income and she was like being such a gangster. She was just like, I'm going to do this. And she legit did. In fact, she totally surpassed my income and growth and it was so fun to watch. Um, I think right around the time you we finished up our coaching package, like things just really exploded and that foundational work you did, it just was so fun to watch you nail it and just do what you set out your mind to do. So 
she's done that and then um, raised those babies. And then just a couple years ago, not two years yet, right? Went through a divorce. When was that? It was, it's been, it's been about a year and a half. Oh, I used to homeschool my kids too. That's true. So for, I love it. That's yeah. definitely a part of my history, but yeah, yeah, a year and a half ago, I went through divorce. Yeah. And a fun fact too about Corey, you guys, is that she has had a daughter that's had some really severe allergies. And so she is just so good in the kitchen, like cooking up stuff that's healthy, but quick and easy, healthy, quick and easy and yummy. I still tell her, I'm like, if you make a cookbook, I will buy it. And I will tell everyone to buy it because I'm always stealing recipes from her. Like my favorite one is the white chicken chili. Kate, let's just tell them this recipe because it's that good. And I'm like, they're going to be so grateful we did. So tell us what you do for your white chicken chili real quick. It's so easy. So I, for my family of six, so there's six of us, I throw in two to three big chicken breasts, frozen or regular, it doesn't matter. Two things like two chunks, what is it? Packs of cream cheese? Yeah. And this is, this is in the instant pot. Yeah. And it's just those, those little vacuum sealed foil packs of, of cream cheese. Yeah. Okay. So a can of corn, uh, two cans of beans. I put about a teaspoon and a half of cumin or cumin, I do some salt and pepper, and then I pour a packet of ranch in it. And then probably a half a box of chicken broth, at least that I put in the Instapot. And then when it's done, I add it like according to like the thickness of how I want it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I turn it on the Instapot for like five minutes. Yeah. So it's like five minutes high pressure. And then I've noticed that because you get busy usually doing something with your kids or you're, you know, telling somebody what they need to go do or whatever, sometimes it'll, it'll just sit there and continue cooking as it cools off of pressure and it's perfect always. So always. Oh and you gosh. just eat it over chips and it's done in five minutes. Yeah. And like you get spread it's some, a five minute meal. It's like a five minute meal. You, you just dump it all as long as you have the ingredients, right? So like right. next time you're at the store, you guys, it's a can of corn, two cans of, I think we do white beans usually because it keeps it like nice and white chicken chili. And then the two packages of cream cheese. It's not two packages. And it's just one pack of cream cheese. Oh, I do too. Oh man, girl. Or the better. Or the better. <laughs> and you can like play with it and add different vegetables if you want. And anyway, you can go rewind and listen to all the ingredients. But seriously, so easy. Throw them in the Instant Pot. Five minutes. Done. Love it. Okay. I just had to like show off your amazing. <laughs> Thank you. She, she's just so good. I'm going to try to move on now. But seriously, it's try it. It's a really good chili. Okay. So yeah, this idea of ego deaths, we were talking about it. Let's talk first. Um, let's give some context for the mamas. What is the ego and versus the heart? So do you want to talk on that or do you want me to talk on that? How about you talk about it? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you explain this in your course, right? That I might do. be a good way to explain the difference, like in the way that you explain it in your course. That's true, guys. Okay. So in my amazing online course, <laughs> it's called, it is actually amazing. <laughs> I'm just being it's silly. I'm just, um, it's fun to talk about, but yeah, it's called postpartum freedom. If you go to lizzielangston.com forward slash course, you can pick it up. And if you sign up for the free mini series, um, the free mini course of get out of the postpartum rut, which is just on my homepage, then you can get a coupon for 50% off of the course. But in this course, I do set the stage by talking about the ego and the heart. Because here's the deal. And I was just saying this in my free postpartum support group, um, Sharecast on Marco Polo. So that's also on my homepage if you want to get in there and join us. It's fun. But when it comes to mental health struggles postpartum, and I believe just in general, but specifically let's talk about postpartum because Corey has also had five babies and she's had some interesting postpartum experiences, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, we have two parts to us. We have the 
ego, which is the more human part of us. It's the part of us that is more um, connected to the physical around us, the physical reality. And the ego gets really attached to who it thinks we are. So if somebody were to say, hey, so who are you? You'd be like, oh, hi, my name's Lizzie and I'm a life coach and I have X amount of kids and I do this for my profession and we live here. And those are all identity. And identity is not bad or evil, but identity is ego. And it's what it, it is limited. It is, it, yeah, it's kind of puts you in this little box of who you think you are. But the truth is that on a spiritual level, we are all pure presence. We are all that God energy, that source energy. We are, and that is centered in the heart, this electromagnetic spiritual center of our being the heart. So in my course, I do, I talk about the ego versus the heart. And a lot of moms, when they've experienced trauma, or you might not relate to having experienced trauma, because maybe you don't think what you've experienced is necessarily qualifying as trauma or classifying it that way. But for whatever reason, when we come up against challenges and hard stuff, what can happen is we can um, sort of like take refuge up in our mind and kind of get out of our body. If you guys identify as being really in your head or really inflexible or a type A or a super, super organizer, right? These are all aspects of being really in your head. And the work that I do with moms and what Corey and I are going to be talking about is life or the universe will send you challenges and situations that essentially cause you to have to kill that headspace, like not kill it, but like leave it and come down and descend into a more spiritually well-rounded place in your being, um, getting back to your true nature as a spiritual being, which is that heart space, that heart energy. Corey, do you want to add to that at all? Um, I just really liked, I mean, you kept it really simple. It's just to remember like the ego is just the part of us that wants us to stay alive. And it, like you said, it's the, it resides in our head. It's like the thinking part of our brain. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very essential to our well-being. Like learning to love this part of us is actually really hard for us as humans to do because a lot of people associate the ego with as something that's bad or like not a good thing, but it really is a good thing and it has a purpose. It's just understanding how to accept it and be with it and and understand like it's just part of who you are. It's 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 a part of the wholeness of you, I should say. Yeah. So let me give an example just to kind of paint the picture. When I was postpartum with my third, I had really I had really bad birth trauma with my first and then I had really bad mental health stuff, anxiety and depression, etc. with my second and third. And I mean really bad to the point where we decided to sell our house and move in with my in-laws 3000 miles away from where we were living. My husband sh changed jobs and everything. So I was basically not really functioning and in this time, it was a spiritual awakening time. It was an ego death time, okay, because I was letting go of the old paradigm, right? My previous paradigm to having ment a mental health crisis was I'm a happy person. I'm always happy. I I mean, not always, but like I'm that, that girl that lights up the room and I'm joyful and I don't even struggle with mental health and I'm athletic and I, you know, you know, I had these things and then you have babies and maybe you gain weight or maybe you struggle with mental health or maybe you had a C-section and now you have this big gash across your lower abdomen and you're like, wait a second. I'm not somebody who has surgeries, or maybe you have to get on antidepressants and you're taking them every day and you've never, ever had a pill that you needed to take every day and you feel like so not you. And it's so that, that thing right there where it's this, this, um, sort of like cognitive dissonance between who you thought you were 
but who you're kind of turning into, that is the beginning of an ego death. That is the beginning of the foundation of who you thought you were cracking, and you're going to need to make an adjustment. You know, as you were talking, I want to add one thing too about what it might feel like. I guess we could talk about in the three different steps, but a lot of times, uh, when you, when you start to experience, it's like this loss of identity. It's like this loss of like who you thought you were. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, it almost feels like your eyes are open to be able to see things that maybe you weren't able to see before or hear things differently. You start to respond differently, or maybe like you're not responding in the way that you normally do. A lot of, you know, when I was experienced postpartum, I was a very responsive person before I had children. And then I became a very reactive person, right? I was very like on edge, you know, and you start to notice those things. That's what I mean by when your eyes start to open Mm -hmm. and you start seeing the change that is happening within you. Yeah. And And there's two ways you can respond to it. You can be pissed about it, which is normally when women come on consults with me, they are so frustrated with themselves and they're discouraged. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm being so impatient and irritable with my kids. This is not who I am. And I'm like, oh, you're in the middle of a rebirth. So it's really interesting because it kind of gets worse before it gets better. And the key yes. the key ingredient, and I know I know you have felt this too, Corey, and you're such a great example of it. Like on your Instagram, I remember all those videos and yoga. What's your Instagram so we can just mention it right now so that people have it? It's Corey J. Woods, C-O-R-R-I-E. Corey J. Woods. Yeah. But I, you, you know, you're so dedicated. And even if I wasn't looking at your Instagram, just as one of your best friends who sees you often and, you know, knows what you're going through and how you handle things, you're so very dedicated to the process of rebirth, which is essentially a do like it always requires you guys listen to me. It always requires more love for yourself than you've ever previously known. Every time your ego is dying, the only way you're going to make through it. So in other words, if you're not resonating with the whole phrase ego dying, because you're like, what is that again? I'm going to say it differently. Every time who you feel like you are and were is broken and no longer in existence, and you don't recognize some part of yourself or all parts of yourself, and you feel like you're lost and floundering, okay, that's the beginning of an ego death. The good news is you're headed towards a more spiritually fulfilled you and a more whole you. But the bad news is, is that it can get worse until you learn how to love yourself bigger than you ever have. And that is required to get through the interim and rebirth you out the other side. Right. Right. And I remember when I, when I, um, when I was going through a divorce and I want to give a really good example, just because, uh, I felt like I was being dismembered. Right. So my ego was telling me like, oh my gosh, everything inside of you is like being torn apart. Like you don't know who you are. Everything felt very disoriented. Right. Yeah. And the ego does kind of panic. Don't you think like when it's first starts happening, like so many of the moms call me and they're like, what's wrong with me? Like the ego wants to understand why am I not the same as I was? (laughs) Right. And we start labeling it very well. Like we're very judgy, right? It's the ego is quick to judge what's happening. And so one of my biggest shifts, like through this process and learning how to love myself through that process is first acknowledge what's happening. But second, I had to reframe the experience because even though I felt like I was dying inside, what felt more true, and this is kind of how God works through me. It's like, sometimes I just have to reframe my perspective is that I quickly learned that I was being reorganized rather than like disorganized. Mm, I love that. Yes. Yes. So all of, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, a lot of times that's like, that's the breakdown. That's the breakdown of everything that I thought that I was because Mm -hmm. through my divorce, when I was going through that, it's like, well, who, who am I not being a wife? Mm -hmm. Who am I as a single mother of five children? Who am I as a business owner, right? All of these things that I all of a sudden became in question. And my experience was actually a very quick experience when, when it actually happened, right? The divorce, you mean? Yeah, like the actual act in and of itself was a very It's like from two from one from like one week to the next you were divorced or what do you mean? Well, we filed in March and then I was divorced in April, uh, May, like officially. Yeah, two months. So it was very very quick, although there were years of I mean, you were with me through all of this, but there were years of like doing a lot of work on myself that led up to that, but the process itself like happened very quickly. Yeah. Which which you know, too much information here, but that's what we're all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> we talk about you share whatever you want, baby girl. But the day he walked out was the day that like I had my first, I started having panic attacks. I had diarrhea for 16 days straight. Like my body went into literally reorganization mode. And I thought like inwardly, it felt like I was just being torn apart because I had to look at all of these parts of me that I didn't know how to look at. Yes. Like, oh my I gosh. I didn't know how to see it. And how, how many years had you guys been married, just for context? Um, almost 14 years. So it was a 15-year relationship. Mm. Don't you just, everybody, I feel like, don't we all just have so much respect right now for Corey? <laughs> like, that's a lot of years. And then just two months and slam, bam, you're out. So do you feel like amidst the destruction, how did you, that, okay, so again, just trying to map this out so everybody, nobody gets lost, Right. Corey's divorce was the beginning. It was the initiation of a complete change in identity. Now she's going to be a single mom. Now she's going to be a sole provider for these kids and whatever. So mixed into the devastation and mixed into the kind of the floundering that always happens when something like this is initiated, how did you reach deep into yourself and kind of find that peace place? Like how did you, I mean, how long did it take you? First of all, was it like, a month later you were kind of stable or was it a year later or, and, and what did that kind of look like for you to where you finally felt like you had some peace and some, I don't know, like solid ground. You were making it through that transition and even more spiritual wellness coming in. That's, that's a hard question to answer because it it felt like there were different seasons. Yeah. You probably went, you probably went through layers and layers and layers of ego death and you went deeper and deeper and deeper. So it was like, it wasn't like one and done. It was like, just little bits deeper, deeper, deeper into your heart, out right. of your head. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, like if you can just imagine um, one of my experiences when like, cause he moved out of the house and one of the things that I had to, that like that, that felt very necessary for me to heal is like, I got rid of my entire house. I put my entire house on the curb. You mean like right? couches that- and stuff? Couches, beds, dressers, yeah. like my kids' beds. I put 75% of my clothes, like I put on the curb for people to take. And I just got rid of everything. It's not even that reminded me of him. It had nothing to do with that. But that was very representative of the person I no longer was. Mm. Like I just am not this person anymore. And I yes. needed a physical representation to help my brain get on board. Okay. And so I, I, oh, I love that. I have to talk about this real quick because you guys know how much your body changes during postpartum and pregnancy and everything. And I remember 
you know, I've actually noticed my closet has been so, so, so messy this whole, like ever since being pregnant and then postpartum. And I remember some organizer person was like, when a certain part of your house is really messy, it just signifies that you're going through an identity shift in that area of your life. So if it's your books, let's say, and I'm going on a spiritual journey and all my books are kind of out of order and organized because I'm totally reading different books than I used to. And I've been buying a lot of books, so I haven't found new places for them, right? That's just an area of life that I'm changing a lot. And when you're pregnant and then um, postpartum, your body changes so much and your identity is shifting. It doesn't matter if it's your third, fourth, fifth baby. Every time you have a new baby, you are somebody new. You are no longer a baby of two. You're now, sorry, a mother of two. You are now, you're not a baby of two kids. (laughs) Don't be a baby to your kids. No, you are no longer a mother of two kids. You're a mother of three kids. You're no you're no longer a mother of three kids. You're a mother of four. And even though that's like, well, yeah, but it's just one more kid, that's actually a huge rift for your ego because it's not who you were. And it's and it has to it has to go through this process that Corey's talking about, where everything feels destroyed. And um anyway, I got on off a little bit of a tangent, but what I was saying is I love how you said you sold your clothes. The clothing represents this change. And I think when you aren't aware that your ego is dying and that you're rebirth because every time you have a baby, again, postpartum is the time of death and rebirth, um, then it can be really frustrating when your clothes don't fit and you're just in such a hurry to get back to who you were. And even if you are one of the lucky ones and your clothes do fit you, even though you've had a baby recently, be careful that you are still making sure you're open to the work of letting your ego grieve the fact that you are not who you were. Some things are the same, but other things are changed and that's a beautiful, good thing. Be open to exploring that. I want you to keep going though on your story. So you you so you put everything to the curb. This was like how long after after he left and stuff? Everything, 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 everything. Yeah. And it felt so freeing. And I have a really um beautiful like piece to this story because when I felt like what see, I I'm very spiritual in my endeavors. So this was like God said, put everything on the curb. Now I learned this experience, I learned like getting rid of stuff through this experience, right? Like I didn't quite understand what you just explained until I experienced it myself. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like we get rid of old things to make room for new things, right? And I was stepping into a new way of being, a new way of living, thinking, acting, doing, even my values started to shift, right? And so as I got rid of everything, I literally put everything on the curb. The next day, one of my really good friends and I get really emotional thinking about it. Please do. She's like, guess what? She's like, I just eloped and I married a really rich guy. And it turns out I don't, I have two of everything. She's like, do you want my house? Like all the furniture, all the furnishings. I remember this day. Oh my gosh, everything, right? So my kids got new beds, new dressers. They got a trampoline. They got a piano. We got Holy couches. Holy shit. I never realized it was that serendipitous. Like the universe is so, so right there always. <laughs> so right there. Less that like, sweet universe. We love it. And, and supportive. And I, and I want to speak to your moms because sometimes when we're grieving, it doesn't feel like, like it's hard to, it's hard to see like and ask for help. Right. It's hard to see and get the kind of help and the support that we need. And that was one of the things that I didn't know I needed. Like, I didn't know that I needed a fresh start in that way until it showed up literally on my doorstep. Yeah. And I want to, I want to just give credit to Corey here. She is really, truly some, like one of the most spiritually connected people I know. And it's so fun because we both have been like doing some sort of interesting faith dance with the religion that we grow up, grew up in. (laughs) 
faith dance. <laughs> Some faith dances. I'm going to leave it at that for now, for sake of time. Um, and she's just constantly, she's so deeply, deeply, deeply connected to, I don't know, that inner voice. And I have seen her multiple times, you guys, as her coach, as her friend, watch her just follow that voice inside her even when she didn't understand it. Like, you really are quite good at that. You know, I'm going to give you like an 8.5 or a 9 out of 10. Like, you're just amazing at it. We're all humans and we all have those doubts. And um, anyway, I could go on and on, but that is something that I feel like is a really strong suit of yours. So what was next? Like, yeah. So so then, so all this new furnishings come and then what did the, like, take us through these steps of that ego death. So we've got the change is initiated, right? Like your identity literally changed. You went from, you know, married woman to single, divorced, um, you got your own place. I remember going with you and shopping for a, a house to rent right. with your kids for the times that you were, were going to have them because you guys share custody. And um, and so tell us, I remember for a while, like, I mean, I want to say a good part of that first year, you were grieving on and off. Can you tell us a little bit what that looked like and how you rebuilt yourself through that time? Yes. Okay. So this is very interesting because I was, it was very clear from spirit that I needed to grieve intentionally. So this is something that I learned as I went. And so I didn't know what that meant to grieve intentionally, but um, at first, like when I moved out of my house, I put all of my stuff in storage, right? Because I didn't quite have a place and it took us three months. So we were bouncing around between my sister's house and we did end up living with Lizzie with you. For like, <laughs> it was the best. Like six weeks. It was we lived so fun. Our kids were in heaven every day. Oh my gosh. It was a party and it was a weird party because I'm crying every other day and the kids are like the happiest in the world because I'm still grieving a divorce, but everyone else is like, la, 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 la. Yeah, but I love your tears. I loved it. Like I loved all of it, everything about it. <laughs> I know. So, so what I, so what I learned about grieving intentionally is that I was willing to allow the emotional wave to come and go as if it pleased. Like oh there was, my gosh, I didn't so good. try to stop it. I didn't try to control it. I remember I went to the grocery store one time and I went to buy strawberries, strawberries. I buy strawberries every other day in the summertime. And I'm sitting there looking at the organic strawberries and I just start bawling mm. because my brain is like, remember you're single now. Mm. Like my, my ego kept reminding me, Hey, yeah. remember you're single. Yes. I'm seeing so many parallels. Like when you lose somebody you love, right? There's an estate sale. There's an estate sale and you sell everything in the driveway. I mean, you keep a couple special things and it's like, you literally, you check, you did that. And then like another, when somebody you love passes away, you go to the grocery store and like you see strawberries and they love strawberries. And then you start bawling because it reminds you that they love strawberries. And it's like so similar. Like you really did die. Like who you were before was gone. She was gonesies. Yeah. Everywhere. So like during that experience, everything kept reminding me like, oh, you're single now. And I'm like, what is happening? And mm -hmm. I sat there and I cried in the grocery store and some woman came up and she's like, can I give you a hug? And I said, yes. And she didn't just hold me. Like she held me in my tears. And I told her, I was like, I, I just need to buy strawberries. And she like helped me buy the strawberries. Mm -hmm. So grief, like what I learned about allowing grief to be intentional, that means like allowing people to support you through it, mm -hmm. even as simple as it is, like, let me help you pick up the strawberries, walk you to the cash register and you can buy them and you're going to be okay. Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? Like I love these her. little tasks because we're all very capable, right? And I think sometimes motherhood and when we're having those newborn babies, right? Right when we have those kids, like, oh yeah, I can just get up and make myself some cereal. Yeah. Right. But it's understanding that like the gift that comes from allowing people to support you through that when they can in whatever way they can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that, so over it. that is a sign by the way, that when you are able to receive support, that is a sign that you are tapping into that heart space because the ego, yeah. the ego is like very individualistic and wants to be alone and like is a fight, 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 like is going to fight to the death and yeah, that whole thing and um, some pride and stuff. And that's the ego. But the heart space is is this open flow of give and receive. It's it's the it's where our desires are born to re- um, to give to others and serve others. And it's also where we receive service. We ask for help. And I want you guys to listen to Corey's story and be thinking of postpartum because in my course and and with my clients, I definitely we definitely together grieve intentionally. And I think I even said on my Instagram one time, and I think it was on a group call, but I said grief is the sneakiest thing because people don't associate postpartum with grief. They associate it with happiness. They're like, oh, you have a baby. You should be happy. Yeah. But what we don't realize is that there's been a death too. The death of, if it's your first baby especially, there's a death of, and I hate, it sounds so stark, but like we have to get real about it. If you have just become a mom, your maiden self, she is done. Like she's done. And whenever there's a part of ourself that's done, we need to have a little ceremony for that. So my clients have done ceremonies where they have, even though it's retroactively because they've been a mom now for like five or six years, one of them went to Disneyland and stood, because that was like one place she loved and associated with being young and her maidenhood and like a teenager and, you know, dating and stuff and in college. And so she stood by the big, you know, castle in Disneyland and like dropped something in the little river, like something appropriate to drop in a Disneyland river. I don't remember what, like flowers or something. And she just like watched them float away. And it was like her little moment of saying goodbye to her maidenhood. But this is like matrescence is this term of a mother growing into motherhood. And you guys have to realize that it happens in cycles. And it's like, doesn't always feel supernatural. And, you know, I want you to, when you listen to Corey's story, I want you to really reflect on the fact that it's okay if it's feeling bumpy. It's okay if you don't just have the baby and fit the role and do all the things. It's okay if it has to kind of, you have to grow into it. It's kind of like adolescence, right? This matrescence is like we kind of mature into. Is there anything else you want to say on that? Well, with with also when you're grieving, it's understanding that grief, it's kind of a bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, it really is in the sense that it it's it comes out of nowhere. And <laughs> yeah. So, and so what I mean by that is like what I had to learn through this whole process is how to be with it in the moments that it felt very inconvenient. I was just thinking that inconvenient. Yep. Right. Where, it, where our brain, so our brain wants to tell us like, this is a very inconvenient time right now. Yeah. And so one of my practices that I like to do is I just ask myself in those moments, like, okay, what do you need? Like what, what do you need? And sometimes it was screaming in the car in a pillow. Sometimes it was like, I needed a nap or I needed a good healthy meal. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, I heard myself say, get on the yoga mat, meditate, walk, right? Yeah. Um, Or you guys might need um, a safe person to talk to. 
right? Like a coach or a therapist. Yeah. Maybe you've been trying to confide in your partner and you're just like, they're just not getting it. Or they look at me like they're scared of me when I share these deep, dark emotions with them, this big grief. You don't want, you want to find someone who's emotionally capable of holding that space and that's available. And that doesn't mean your partner doesn't love you, but make sure you're sharing this hard feminine specific journey of postpartum with somebody who can hold it and who understands it. So, okay, let's kind of move on to this next piece of then you kind of get through it. And what does it feel like, Corey, from your personal experience of when you're on the other side of it and you kind of realize like, oh my gosh, I did it. Like you go through the layers and layers and layers of diet, you know, ego death, and you become more humble and more, you cracked open, more cracked open from the inside and more healed on purpose. And then what happens and what has happened? (laughs) Oh, that's a funny story. All of a sudden, I felt like I just wanted to hug everyone. (laughs) I had that feeling when you say like you were cracked open because like, again, like just to continue and to move on from grief, like simultaneously, like when you allow yourself to grieve, it also allows yourself to love, to be open to the things that are, are more positive because it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. And so when you're open in your heart, for your heart to be able to grieve in that way, it also opens to love. It opens to joy. It opens like your ability to see things differently. And so um, when just kind of like on the other side of it, which I don't actually know if there's ever an other side, like we think there's another side because right, right now I, I feel like I've, I feel like when I'm choosing um, when I'm choosing to be aware, when I'm choosing to be intentional, when I'm choosing to remain true to myself and like allow myself to heal, allow myself to move forward and to be reborn, it often feels like climbing a mountain with no top. So every layer that I get through, there's always another layer, but it's also learning to understand, um, how do I say this? It's like, I, I, I can breathe differently. Mm. Like I, I just, I'm not as reactive. I'm I'm more accepting. I I feel like I have more compassion now. Like all of a sudden, mm, yes. I just feel kinder internally towards myself even. Yes. Yes. Okay. I wanted to share this quote that I just looked up. Where did it go? Hold on. I can edit this. About up. the eggs? Yeah, the eggshell quote. Okay. Okay. So this quote is what I think of when I think of what essentially happens to us during this process of ego death and then the struggle, and then the rebirth of a mom or a woman or whatever, which is when an eggshell is cracked from the outside, it is broken. But when it's cracked from the inside, it is reborn. And this quote is by AMA, A-M-A. And I heard this from Gabrielle Bernstein, but that's, when I look at you, by the way, Corey, that's exactly what I see and think of. And then also all you guys, you postpartum mamas, I know that in the midst of of the struggle. Like anxiety and depression are very much signals that your soul is hungry and ready for rebirth. Let me say that again. Anxiety and depression postpartum are signals that you are rebirthing and you have two options. You can jump ship and resist and be bitchy and just be angry and fight it, fight it, fight it and ignore it, ignore it, ignore it and medicate, 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 which by the way, I am not anti-medication for antidepressants, you know, antidepressants and such. Or and, or you can surrender, surrender, which is, I think, the final step. And right when you surrender, it's like I imagine Jesus walking on water. Right when you surrender, the ego shuts up, gets quiet, 
and you start to experience yourself and this lifetime at a more intense level of presence and being and oneness with all that is and with yourself. You have more connection with yourself, which means you have more connection with spirit and you are more in tune. You are more aligned. And that is what I love about what I do in coaching is I watch women literally wake up like in a new version of awakeness that they've never been in. And I can attest that that's exactly what's happened with Corey. So I can see that with you, Corey. Like, and I was concerned. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Cause like I wasn't your coach. So I got to just be the friend and I got to be worried all that I wanted to be. Right. And <laughs> yes. I got to be like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And ex-husband, this and that. And blah, blah, blah. And then I watched you, even though, you know, you you still have a lot on your plate and there's still things you're working through and et cetera. There's things that need to be tied up and all the things, but I've witnessed you um, have this intensely new level of spiritual keenness and discernment. And this is the gift of the ego death if you ride the ride of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's a lot to learn in hindsight now that I feel like I like I'm kind of over, you know, the hardest part of my experience, so to speak. And we all will get there too, after having babies, like you'll get to a point where you start feeling more like yourself, right? Where your eyes are a little bit opened, you have a new perspective. Um, you feel like you're, you're coming back home to you, but you just now see things differently. Right. So it's like a new sense of self, which feels very invigorating. And um, if I can just share this with your listeners, because this is the one thing that I, I would share with everyone, the biggest lesson through all of this that will tie to postpartum. And what you said is to get yourself a support group. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is I had friends. So I was very intentional. I sought out friends who had gone already, like they had already done what I was going through. Yeah. And so I would call them all the time. Like, Hey, is this normal? Hey, is this normal? Oh, and that, I bet that's were, so helpful. Yeah, they were so helpful, but, and I, and I was very specific. I asked them, I'm like, listen, can I call you at any time? Like with these type of questions and they're like, yes, yes, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I found friends. I call them my gangster friends where I needed a friend to make my ex-husband completely wrong in everything that he did. So, right. So I had that type of friend where I can call him, like I can get rid of that part of me. Then I've had a friend, you know, when I was living with you and, um, I didn't know this is what I needed at the time, but I needed friends to love on my babies because I felt like I couldn't mother. Mm -hmm. I felt like there were things that I just could not do, even though I was air quotes doing them all. Yeah. You, you, but like you were so consumed in the depth of your healing and spirit was guiding you to be very, very attentive to your healing. And so I believe you were completely, extremely fulfilling the priorities that were there at the time. And sometimes our presence with our kids needs to go on the back burner so that we can get to where we need to be good within ourselves. And I want to say that, yes, and I watched you do that beautifully. And I love loving on your kids. So it was so perfect. The universe was so guiding us. But I want to say to all you guys, like the number one thing I see women do is they're so mean to themselves when they are the most broken. They are so, they turn on themselves in their most vulnerable, painful struggle. 
stop it. Stop it right now. Turn it around. Give yourself the compassion you deserve. Would you be mad if your daughter grew up and had depression? Would you be treating her the way you are right now? If your daughter struggled with anxiety, would you talk to her the way you are right now? The things you say to yourself, right? Like, oh, why can't I get it together? Why am I still struggling with this? Stop it. Now, if you really struggle with the mean critical voice in your head, come work with me. Come work with us, whoever you gravitate to, or get my online course. What's kind of your takeaway message? Like if you could say something, because you've been postpartum multiple times. You even struggled with postpartum psychosis um, after your first baby. Is that right? Yeah. My first one, um, I was seeing things, hearing things, um, all sorts of crazy parts. He was an incredible, easy baby, but he ate around the clock every two hours for the first six months. So I was completely sleep deprived um, and, and also a new mom. So yeah, and you don't know what you don't know when you've never done it before at all. It's the first time moms I worry the most about because they they just don't know what's normal. And so be sure, you guys, you first time moms, if you feel really like something's really hard, ask your doctor or ask your sister in law or somebody who's had a baby. Like, is this normal? Right. Right? It's so important. So what what's your takeaway? What do you want to say to women who are in the midst of postpartum? Get yourself a support group. Yeah. Literally like get yourself a support group and get your help, get yourself the kind of help that you need and don't be afraid to ask for it and that you're not alone. I want to remind you guys that you're not crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember feeling crazy. I'd always call it my dark parenting moments after every baby that I went through, whether it was postpartum or, or the baby blues or whatever they call it, however they want to discern it. Either way, I had to go through this period like you said, adjusting for each kid every time I became a mom, because I had three babies in two and a half years. I had my first two babies in 14 months, three year break. And then I had the next three and they were back to back to back. And that next three, I had to navigate myself differently with postpartum um, only because like I started educating myself. Like I tried new things and, and my, wasn't having like I didn't produce breast milk, right? Like I had all of these other things happening as well. And so, you know, looking back, I wish I knew that it was okay to get more help in the way that I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're a bad mom. No, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom, but also like understanding that it's not always going to be this way. Yeah. It's not going to always, it doesn't, Every, every death that you experience in life, like whether it's ego death, actual death, identity death, however you want to call it, there, there's, the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, Always. and the more that we can learn to move through it with grace and compassion and love on ourselves, um, it's like the more we expand, the more like, uh, it's actually the more peace I feel like yeah. when I learn to work with myself versus against myself. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you are in the midst of postpartum stuff, there is no better place than my online course. Um, and Corey, what are your specialities like that you help people with? Uh, that's it. That's, you know, right now I've kind of shifted into sales coaching. I coach a lot of coaches who start are starting their business, but, um, I've been known to coach on money. I do a lot of, I'm, I took a course, an NLP certification course, which is neuro linguistic programming. So I help people, a lot of 
a lot of what I do really is at the identity of who they think they are, right? Mm-hmm. At an unconscious level. So I do somatic work. I mean, the process I take my clients with is different, but people hire me for all sorts of things. That's cool. Just depending upon what it is that they're looking for right now. That's cool. I just wanted to say that because I know there's people on this podcast who aren't really identifying as postpartum and I just thought they might want to check you out. So thank you so much for being here. We love you. I'll get all of Corey's links in the show notes. Um, She's just such a dear friend and soul sister. And I really do think that we're in each other's lives at this time for many, many reasons. And um, I don't want you to move anywhere. I want you to stay right here, (laughs) right here next to me, but who knows we might move. So there you go. I'll just take you with me. Okay, Dale. (laughs) Thanks for being here. You guys, we love you so much. The course is at lizzylangston.com forward slash course. Corey's links will be in the show notes and we will see you all next week. Bye. Love you friend. Bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. 